Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. I'm Charlie Hinderleiter, Director of Government Affairs for St. Louis Realtors. Today, we're talking assessments with Apollo, specifically property assessments and the assessment cycle. With me is Apollo Carey, Property Tax Attorney with Lewis Rice and the General Counsel for St. Louis Realtors. Apollo, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Charlie. How are you, my friend? Doing well. Thanks for being here today. 2021 is a reassessment year, and we want to make sure that our listeners are informed on what that means and how it works. Apollo, how does the assessment process work, and how can that lead to a tax increase? That's a great question, uh, Charlie. Well, as you know, um, in the state of Missouri, uh, the reassessment cycle is a two-year cycle, which means every odd year, um, local county assessors revalue uh, real estate uh, to uh, for lack of a better term, to catch it up with where, wherever the market is. Um, so because in the state of Missouri, the cycle is two years, this year is 2021, and then the next reassessment year would be 2023, and then so on and so forth. Uh, and so essentially, basically what happens is the assessors revalue the property. They say, okay, this is how much your property is worth. And then based on that valuation, they come up with an assessment ratio. Uh, and the Missouri statutes are clear that for residential property, the assessment ratio is 19%. For commercial property, the assessment ratio uh, is 32%. And uh, for agricultural property, the assessment ratio is 12%. So um, they take the valuation, multiply it by the assessment ratio. And then that number uh, is called the the actual assessed value. Um, and then they take the assessed value and then they multiply that by whatever the mill rate is in your local jurisdiction. Uh, and that is determined uh, by, you know, voters who vote every year to on different ballot, ballot measures to determine whether or not they want to ta- have tax increases and that kind of thing. Uh, and so they take the assessed value multiplied by the millage rate and then that is your property that you know equals your property tax bill. So obviously, as you can sort of see, there are some factors there that affect the taxes. It's either going to be the assessor's uh, revaluation of the property or the millage rate. Uh, so one of those two things will will impact uh, property taxes. And sometimes it's both. Sometimes you get an increase in valuation as well as the voters decide they want you know another tax uh, in their local jurisdiction. So. Uh, you can get a double a double whammy if you get both a millage rate increase as well as a a, a a reassessment increase. So help me better understand this mill rate. There we're essentially talking about a tax rate, whether that's from your city, your school board, your library board, those taxing jurisdictions. Is that kind of what that is? That's exactly what that is. You have local uh, sales taxes. You have local um, taxing bodies, uh, such as the St. Louis Zoo, or you have a library district, or you might have a fire district, or you know whatever it is you have in your local area. And all of those different taxing jurisdictions get a piece of the meal rate, right, in order to fund the service that they're providing to that local area. And so... Uh, that mill rate that is multiplied by the assessment, uh, the assessment, assessed value, excuse me, it comprises uh, several different taxing jurisdictions funding source, right? So uh, if you live, I think anywhere in the metro area of St. Louis, I think you're going to pay that zoo tax. 
because you know the zoo is open to everybody, and so they get a piece of your milling millage rate. Uh, and then you know, depending upon what municipality you live in or what area you live in in the county or the city, uh, those different jurisdictions will have their own uh, piece of the millage rate to help fund their services. All right, Apollo, you know to the distinction between residential and commercial and agriculture. Talk to us a little bit more about that difference between residential and commercial in this process. So, you know, as you can imagine, with a different assessment ratio at 19% for residential and 32% for commercial, you can see that commercial property, you know, they have a, a heavier burden for property taxes than does the residential uh, property, um, at least by ratio. Um, now, by sheer number, of course, you're going to have many more residential properties uh, than you have commercial properties just because there are more people than there are businesses, and it probably should be that way. But that burden that you see uh, of the 32%, it lets you know that um, you know property taxes are are really generated uh, and predicated upon uh, the commercial property. So it it basically kind of lets you know that commercial districts, when they're doing well, uh, if you see an area that has a nice you know shopping center or they got a nice you know let's say an office park or like an industrial park. Those are the kinds of areas that really bear the brunt of the taxes for that local area. And then, you know, so like if you think about it, for example, you know, like a Maryland Heights, right? Like Maryland Heights has the Maryland Heights Industrial District. Um, you know, Bridgeton has um, Earth City, right? Where you got a whole bunch of industrial properties. So a lot of the funding for the school districts uh, and the other services in those areas are really borne by uh, those large commercial districts. Um, the residential, it, like I said, it's, I mean, residential property does bear a burden, obviously 19%. It's the second highest burden in the state. Um, but because of the sheer number of residential properties, you know, it, I think from a tax perspective, I don't know, I, you know, I've never done like an analysis on a state level to determine, you know, how much of our property taxes is based on commercial and how much of the property taxes is based on residential. But I can tell you, obviously, from a statutory perspective, uh, Missouri statutes place more of a burden on commercial property. Is there a difference in how the assessors assess the value of commercial versus residential property? For sure. Uh, commercial property in general, and I'm glad you asked that because I, you know, for about 14, 15 years in the state of Missouri, I was a commercial real estate appraiser. Uh, and uh, so I had some knowledge about this. Uh, you know, Residential property is typically valued because it's not income generating most of the time. You know, most residential property is property that people live in, the owners themselves live in. Obviously, there are some residential properties that are income generating, you know, for example, people who, uh, you know, investors who own four family flats or uh, folks who uh, do Airbnb or VRBO properties, those kinds of things. But the vast majority of residential properties are not income producing. So typically assessors, when they're looking at residential properties, it's typically based on comparable sale, right? And so uh, they just kind of want to see what similar properties within a certain radius of a particular property are selling for. And so they can sort of judge what the worth of your property might be if you were to put it on the market for sale. On the commercial side, 
Um, most commercial property is investment grade property, uh, meaning, you know, there's a someone holding the property or an entity holding the property, uh, either for uh, income purposes, for write-off purposes, for investment purposes. Uh, and so the income and expenses uh, relative to that property are much more important from a commercial valuation perspective. Uh, assessors look at income and expenses uh, to determine you know, the, the value of a property. They may also look at the cost of construction uh, to value a property and the, and the, and the cost of, uh, to acquire land. Uh, for example, if you're in, uh, in an area that's going to be redeveloped, uh, you know, sometimes people just buy properties specifically for the land. They're going to knock down whatever improvements are there. So, uh, you know, they look to try to value the land. Uh, and then, and then finally with commercial properties, they also look at uh, comparable sales as well. Uh, but it's the universe of ways to value commercial property is a little broader for a residential property because you have income and you also have costs. So kind of to sum it up, residential is pretty much premised on sales comparison. And that's, that's it for the most part, um, except for when you have res like a big apartment complex or something like that, that may be um, something that uh, the assessor would look at the income and expenses. Uh, but in, in the commercial world, you would have three, two or three different ways to look at valuation and determine what that property is worth. All right, Apollo, since you mentioned comparable sales, what role can realtors play in helping their clients navigate or, or work through this process? Well, you know, realtors are experts in real estate value, right? And so if they have clients who are concerned about the property taxes or concerned about the value of their homes, of course, realtors have access to MLS. They have ac access to other databases where comparable properties are pulled. And I know realtors probably pull comparable properties all the time when they're either showing property or about to list property. Uh, and so uh, certainly giving an idea uh, to their clients of what properties are selling for in a particular area or neighborhood is probably something that realtors do um, on a daily basis. You know, I don't know that many realtors, they're as knowledgeable about taxes per se, but I think at the end of the day, anybody in the real estate business understands that property taxes and property value are related. So the higher the property value, the higher the property taxes. And so I think realtors serve a pretty important function uh, of letting uh, their clients know that, hey, you know, you're in a high rent district here. You know, these homes are selling for a lot. And I think, you know, savvy or educated homeowners will then know that, okay, we probably should look and see what the property taxes are and, you know, how we go about analyzing those. And then I know realtors know uh, a lot of appraisers or people like myself who are property tax attorneys, their clients are having issues with the property taxes, they can make referrals to the appropriate folks to, to help the clients out. So, Paula, let's dig into that a little bit more. So, if a realtor has a client that wants to challenge one of these, kind of what's the next steps? Right now, property assessment notices are being sent in St. Louis County and the city of St. Louis and St. Charles County and some of the other first-class counties in the state of Missouri. And so, the first thing is to sort of get that notice. Once you get that notice, uh, determine whether or not uh, the property value is in line with what the taxpayer believes it should be. Sometimes the property uh, valuation notices are lower than what the taxpayer thinks it should be, but sometimes they're extremely higher. In the case where they're higher, uh, then at that point, 
it's probably a good idea uh, to reach out to someone like myself uh, or um, some other property tax lawyer who you know has been practicing in this area to sort of explain to uh, the realtor or their clients what the next step is. Um, that uh, reassessment notice that you receive in the mail will have your appeal rights on. So you have the right to sort of contest uh, those property valuations uh, that the that the county assessor places on the on the property. So if you read the appeal notice, it'll let you know what the dates and deadlines are to file the the protest. Uh, and then typically, when the the typical protest is, you know, the homeowner, if it's on the residential side, the homeowner will come in with either some evidence of uh, valuation, uh, maybe an appraisal, uh, maybe some sort of cops pulled by a realtor or an appraiser or somebody like that to show why the assessor's value is incorrect. Uh, sometimes the evidence is evidence of deferred maintenance. Um, you know, the assessors don't know everything about a particular property. So if you have evidence of deferred maintenance or issues with the property that the assessor may not have known about, that's also good evidence. On the commercial side, the evidence is typically uh, comparable sales. Uh, you may also come in with income and expenses to kind of show that, you know, hey, the property isn't doing as well as what you think it is doing, assessor. Um, and here's why. Um, there's also deferred maintenance issues uh, on the commercial side as well. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to, that's that the first step is taking taking account of the notice that you receive and then filing the protest in a timely manner. I think in this in the state of Missouri, if you're in a first class county like St. Louis County, the deadline date is the second Monday of July, I believe. And I believe this year, that particular date is July 12th. So that's your sort of your drop dead deadline to file a protest of the uh, property assessment. Apollo, so walk us through this entire appeal process. There's multiple stages here. Can you lay that out for us? You know, in the state of Missouri, there is the, the first step in the appeal process is the local appeal process. And really, if you want to challenge your um, property reassessment, you would file a protest with the local board of equalization. Uh, that's what it's called in the state of Missouri and other states. It could be called a board of review. You file that protest again by July 12th of this year, but it's always the second Monday in July. Uh, and what happens is you file the protest. Uh, the local board of equalization sets a hearing date for you. Uh, you go in, you meet with uh, folks from the county staff, and you meet with the board of equalization or a hearing officer from the board of equalization. You present your evidence, and then sometime later, the board issues a decision. Uh, if, if the board agrees with the taxpayer, uh, then the decision uh, is typically um, a, it results in a reduction in the valuation of the whole which would then coincide to a reduction in the proposed tax liability for that particular year. If the Board of Equalization does not agree with the taxpayer and agrees with the assessor that the value should be what the assessor set the value at, then they issue a notice saying that they did not change it. And then the taxpayer would then have a right to file here in Missouri with the state tax commission. That uh, right is triggered upon issuance of that notice of no change by the local board of equalization. And you typically have either 30 days after that notice or September 30th, whichever date is latest to file that appeal. Uh, and then at the state level, um, that protest continues on and the taxpayer uh, is basically in pseudo litigation 
against the local assessor and evidence is exchanged. And then there's a hearing at that level as well. Uh, if it gets that far, a lot of times uh, it doesn't always get to the hearing stage at the state level. Sometimes it's negotiated and settled. Uh, however, if it gets to the hearing stage, there's a hearing, there's testimony, and then the state tax commission will also issue a decision as to whether or not they agree with the assessor or the taxpayer. From there, uh, and typically this happens in commercial, not necessarily residential properties, because this process can get expensive, <laughs> you know, and so it, you typically only continue on if there's, you know, a lot of taxes on the line to do so. But from there, you have judicial review of those administrative decisions. So the state tax commission is an administrative agency. And then you can file an appeal uh, in uh, an appellate court to uh, review the administrative agency's decision to make sure that it was it is sound and valid according to the appropriate uh, legal standard that it's compared to. So, and fun fact: St. Louis County Councilman Mark Carter, who is a realtor, um, recently uh, spearheaded legislation in St. Louis County to create a second board of equalization. Before it was one three-person board that had to hear every appeal. As it turns out, that was a lot of appeals. Um, so we now have a second board of equalization that was just created in April of 2021. And in fact, that first board of equalization has three realtors on it. And that new board of equalization has one active and uh, two former realtors. So every member of these board of equalizations is either a current or former realtor. Yeah, that's actually a good thing, in my opinion. I mean, the more folks on the boards of equalization that are familiar with real estate, that are in the real estate world, in particular valuation, and who understand real estate value, the better. Um, you know, I remember a time practicing property tax law where we had, you know, lawyers and other folks on the board of equalization that were not familiar with real estate value. Uh, and that, you know, can pose somewhat of a challenge for taxpayers and even for the assessor if, you know, the board of the folks who are making decisions about real estate value aren't familiar with real estate value. Uh, in particular, because there are just many different property types and there are just many different factors and forces that impact value. And so you need people who understand those factors and forces uh, in order to make sound decisions about property valuation. And so... Um, to hear that there are two boards of equalization. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work if one serves as like a filter for the other or if they're both two operating boards at the exact same time just because of the sheer number of appeals that are filed. Um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but certainly folks that are members of these boards, if they're familiar with valuation and, and practicing uh, folks in the real estate uh, industry, I think that's really good for both uh, the citizens as well as the assessor. All right, Apollo, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, I think this is a great conversation talking about property assessments and the assessment cycle and really laying out that process and how realtors can play a role in helping their clients navigate this process and especially finding comps. Thanks so much. I'm Danielle Finley, and this is Realtor Party Talk, a brief segment with members like you discussing advocacy issues and the importance of the Realtor Political Action Committee, or RPAC. Joining me today is St. Louis Realtors 2021 President Matt Murin, broker with Berkshire Hathaway Select. Why is being an RPAC major investor important to you? You know, for years, I did the same thing. I checked the box to contribute when I renewed my dues and participated in one or two of the events uh, that we held to raise money for RPAC. You know, but that was it. 
I really didn't give it much thought. My belief was someone more involved in the association or someone more aware of what was going on would step up, essentially, well, someone else would do it. However, once I joined the board, I saw how much was involved under the RPAC umbrella and how great of a need there was to support our efforts. Advocacy and making sure the realtor message is heard is so incredibly important. And not only for our roles as professionals, as realtors, but in the communities we serve. Our efforts cover so much more than I ever realized. Look, it comes down to making sure our voice as realtors is heard to protect our industry and our communities. That is what our RPAC dollars do and why RPAC is so incredibly important to me and certainly why I stepped up to be a major investor. And, you know, I recognize that now. Being an RPAC major investor is my way of saying that it is my responsibility to be the one to stand up. You just listened to Realtor Party Talk. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.